0: House, in the middle of good good streets, morning. I'm Dottie
3: Herman. and I hope you had a wonderful holiday. I'm the CEO of Douglas Elliman, and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate, and we are the only show on Talk Radio that's all about real estate and all the millions of things that have to do with real estate, which is everything. And obviously, with uh, pandemic, I think uh, real estate, fortunately. Kept going and let us out, is going to lead us out of the pandemic. And the homes was always important. Home is where someone's heart is. And whether you have a small home or a big home, everyone's home is their castle. And it even became more of their castle during the pandemic. So uh, there's a lot of movement going around, a lot of people who have been home and said oh you know what maybe I want a bigger space maybe this paint needs to be chipped up staring at it every day maybe I need to repaint so everybody is totally involved with their homes, and it is going to be the biggest real estate year across the country since 2005 and that's a lot of years ago. I'm happy to introduce a big mover and shaker somebody that I believed it for the day I met him, and uh, I was right, <laughs> but Senior Vice President of Citizens Bank, Ace Park Hi, Ace.
4: Good morning, Dottie. It's, it's cold outside today, huh?
3: Well, uh... you could be cold. I'm uh, fortunately <laughs> in Palm Beach, and I might as well be in New York, and you're going to both get a kick out of this. I don't know if you saw it on Facebook. There's something circulating on Facebook and it's a picture of of Governor Cuomo and it says Realtor Realtor of the Year. And they put, it's in Florida. Realtor of the Year because there are so many New Yorkers here. I feel like I'm home.
4: Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah,
3: so because people can, you know, people are not really working in the office all week if they don't have to. Some are even not back at all yet. So people are here and they've had so many sales in Florida from New York, they're booming, um, that they are cu- calling Governor Cuomo the Realtor of the Year in Florida. So that's that was interesting.
4: Oh, boy. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah.
3: Now, there's been an incredible onslaught of mortgage applications for mortgages and for refinances, home equity loans. And by the way, again, I'm just going to keep on drilling it in, drilling it in, drilling it in, because... I know you hear it and you say I should, and you're no different than me, but then you don't do it. So I'm going to keep on bugging you until you do it. Check and make sure your interest rates, check with Ace, make sure that you can get, you know, you probably can get a better refinance. I am telling you, mortgage rates are going to start to trickle up, lock in, don't don't beat yourself up a year from now when you didn't do it. It's going to save you a ton of money. And when it comes to just call, there's no one more knowledgeable than Ace. And truthfully, knowledge is power. Okay, so that's why we bring you the show. That's why we give up our Saturdays to do this because we want you to have all of that information because without the information you won't be able to take advantage of so many things that are going on. So remember, it's just a call or you can do it on, you know, you can do it on your iPhone and just go to Citizens Bank and put in your information or send it to the radio show or go to our Facebook page and just ask the question, here's my information or give me a call or give me an email, at this address, and we will get back to you it can save you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I'm going to keep on saying it. Okay. And then you might not say thank you to me, but then you're (laughs) on. I'll know that you really mean it, even if you don't say it. Okay. And if you have any questions, okay, and you can call Ace. He is the senior VP. He's I can't even tell you his career is he's running the whole place now. And he is just one of the most, if not the most knowledgeable people I know in financing and and mortgages. And frankly, there is nobody I would use, but him period. And I don't ever endorse things that I won't do myself. And he is the person I've used on all my mortgages (laughs) and refinances.
4: Thank you,
3: probably the customer from hell. Anyhow, now, I'm not saying you should be. One's enough. You should be very nice. And also with us is Stephen Ebert, who is one of the top, top real estates. Hi, Stephen.
4: Good morning, and Stephen. morning. morning.
3: Let me uh, tell you again. There's attorneys and there are attorneys. Number one, and I hear many people do this. Oh, well, I'm going to just use my son-in-law because, you know, he does real, he does, uh, he's an attorney. Well, first of all, your son-in-law really doesn't want to do it. That's A. Okay, but he has to do it or your daughter's going to kill him. So he has to do it. But if he's not a real estate attorney, and I'm just tell- just like in a divorce. Would I tell you to use Stephen in a divorce? No. I would tell you to use a divorce attorney, someone who specializes that and knows that inside and out. Well, with real estate, there's no one better. And there's so many little loopholes that people might not know about that really can make such a big difference that I'm telling you, that's why I use Stephen Ebert. And both Ace and Stephen, I have to say, because they don't get paid to do this, they're giving up their time, which is valuable because they're both very busy to make sure that you get informed and get all the information. So good morning, Stephen, and thank you again. And again, if you have any legal questions or any dilemmas about real estate, and there's going to be a lot of questions coming up because I have thought about it and I don't know how they're going to figure all the sell out. Okay? Well, but thank you. Can you. Call Steven. Okay. I you also want I, thank, I just want to thank Citizens Bank and then I sh- we should really talk, but I want to thank Citizens Bank because they have been behind us and obviously with Ace, myself, and, and we use uh, Citizens Bank as a preferred mortgage lender because that's how good they are. And it's one of the nation's oldest and largest financial institutions. And we thank them for their support. They also support their customers because they provide integrated services, including mobile and online banking. You can get them 24-7. They have a customer contact center. And you can get them anywhere you'd like to. If you'd like to get them online, so be it. If you want to call them, call them. Uh, They will reach you anywhere you'd like to be communicated with. And they are great. And they are responsive. And they are big, but let me tell you what I love about them. They're big, but they treat you like you're the only customer in the world. And I will tell you, whether it's an attorney, whether it's a doctor, whether it doesn't matter who it is, for me, I don't care how great they are. If I don't feel that they are individually making me feel special and that you know I'm just kind of like one in a million, I really won't use them. And so with Citizens Bank you're never going to feel the way they treat everyone individually and all your, and everyone's circumstances are different. So when you kind of read the papers and things of that nature, and they kind of put a blanket on things, you know, like there's no such thing as one size fits all. So they might give you a general idea, um, but there might be other programs or better mortgage programs you can get. And as far as legally, there's so many things you can miss if you don't have a, a, a real estate attorney. So please trust me on that. And of course, with real estate, I don't know everything. I know a lot, but I know what I don't know. And I'll always make sure if I don't know, I'll find somebody who does. Today at 11 o'clock, we will be joined by Stephen Moranis. And Stephen and I go back a long time. Stephen um, has a, uh, a real estate firm. It was in the family for 100 and something years now in Canada. And I know him from when I was in Merrill Lynch because they were Merrill Lynch. And then I went to Prudential. And so we know each other a lot of years. And he's a columnist. And he's probably, he's one of the smartest guys I know. So he knows a lot about real estate. He writes columns on it. So he's going to talk about a little what, what real estate's going on in Canada. And um, he co-writes, he co-writes a, a weekly bulletin called the Moranis Bulletin. And it is picked up in the Financial Post and uh it is very interesting and he's very smart and um i was recently it was you know this was a great experience i uh i was fortunate to have the london school of business contact me and they asked me if i would participate in an international zoom live uh broadcast on real estate across the world so there was myself there was a man from dubai there was a man from shanghai uh, there was somebody from london somebody from spain i mean it was a person all there was a person from all different parts of the world and the whole the whole zoom was live so it was not like you know it was live And then they had an international audience, which was also live. And so therefore I was the only one from the U S and these guys were like all over, like not all of them were real. Most of them were not residential real estate. Most of them were kind of big, uh, you know, they did big commercial things or shopping centers or reefs. So we got a chance to really talk about every country and how every country is doing. And Uh, From what I see, as bad as things are here, they're much better than in Europe. And I was fortunate to get calls uh, from, they were live and questions from an international audience. And I had people from China, people from Dubai, all, and you know what they wanted to know? And I had all, I, I was like, please, these guys are so smart, but every, most of the questions were coming to me. You know why? Everybody wanted to know about New York City real estate. And foreigners were like, well, we're afraid to buy there. You know, we can't come there. What's it like? What do you think? Do you think it's going to be safe? And I told them, listen, the best time to buy in New York City is now. Just you have to be able to hold it, but you are going to get great prices. I said, New York City's on sale and you're buying like trophy properties and things of that nature at discounted prices And as long as you have the cash to hold on a couple of years until this market turns around, you are going to be in like Flynn. So it was very interesting. But the the most important thing was the interest in New York City was greater than anywhere. And that's all anybody was interested in for the most part. They didn't ask me about California. They didn't ask me about any other place. It was always New York. So New York is still New York. I thought
5: that was really uh, interesting. And it, you
3: know, was, and a play, Dottie, it was a
5: great You know it's so Shoot. important on that, and this is where New York is very different than a lot of the country. The city of New York is not going to change. In a lot of other parts of the country, the municipal boundary actually moves. And as the suburbs sort of grow, a lot of times they get reincorporated back into the city. So that's why we've seen some cities with bigger population bump ups. Um, New York City, the boundaries are set. They're not changing. Manhattan's an island. It's not really changing. And so what that means for people who are thinking of making an investment, the supply is fundamentally limited. Sure, you can knock down a building and rebuild bigger. Sure, there's some empty plots here and there. But there's no more buildable land being built and available. And what that does for people who are thinking of an investment decision, if you have a fundamental cap on supply – then you're really worried about you know, the demand. And the demand, well, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, ultimately goes up. And if supply stays the same and demand goes up, that means prices go up. And that's how the savvy investors look at this and why New York is such a unique market. Because when you're in L.A., you can expand L.A. County. You can do things. You can't change the island of Manhattan.
3: That's so true. And by the way, speaking of Manhattan, Steve, Steve in Manhattan, luxury market, okay? We had 14 homes, asking for $4 million that went into contract last week, okay? And the priciest apartment that went into contract last week was $19.595 million, So it was $20 million. Now, that's a discount. It was reduced for $33 million. But when we say it's discounted, let me just tell you. It's still harder than most places in the United States. Um, And over the last five weeks, 90 high-end homes went into contract in Manhattan, representing the most successful five-week period since 2017. The number two contract um, was a a penthouse on Central Park West on the Upper West Side, asking $19,075,000, and it was a three-bedroom apartment and 2,500 square feet. Now, that's nice size for the city. But by the way, if you live in the suburbs, it's like, okay. Um, the median price for New York City this week, the median asking price was $7.5 So pandemic, no pandemic. It's discounted, but it's still holding up. Okay. The number of new rental units on the market was down, obviously, from last year, which is a good sign because that means people are renting again. And the mainstream real estate market is, is got momentum now. Now, is it discounted where most of the suburbs outside the city are all going higher and higher and higher? Yes. But there's transactions, there's deals. People are buying because savvy buyers know, hey, this is a time to buy if I have it. Remember something. If you have a rental or you have a place that you bought, you can probably upgrade and, or get more space for the same price that you that your apartment was. So you, you can really trade up. A lot of people saying, "Listen, now with this way, you know, this work from home thing, I don't think it's going away. I mean, I think people will go in the offices, but not every day. So that trend is here to stay. And as that trend stays, I, I think that you know, I like to talk about this that that really does affect real estate because now more people are going to work from home. So when you work from home, you don't want to have one room where you're all in. Um, and you might have a space that serves as dual multifunctional, you know, that serves as, you know, a place where you can do Zoom meetings, a place where you can have playtime. You, you know. So people are really reconfiguring. And people are really um putting so much emphasis now and of course if you have outdoor space that's like a premium in the city it's like having oceanfront property or waterfront property it's at a premium now i just want to give you that redfin predicts that more than 14.5 million americans will migrate across county lines the highest number since 2004 in 2021 Okay, so we are going to have more people move and buy and more transactions this year nationally than we've had since 2005. Which is amazing because when we got shut down, I really was like, my God, I hope we make it. Um, so we're really lucky. And, and the pandemic led us through the, we, the Real estate led us through the pandemic. And it set off a dominant effect and increased home ownership coupled with the millennials. Now, the older millennials probably already have homes and they're like, okay, it's time for me to get that next hub. I'll, I'll sell this and buy a better home, bigger. And the younger millennials who are 25-ish, they're first starting to get married and have families. So they're your new first-time buyers. And just so that you know, millennials make the largest group of home buyers in the country by far so chances are you might be selling to a millennial so make sure your house looks like the mill- millennial would like it to look okay and we'll go into that another at, at, at another time and the some of the hottest markets now in 2021 that are metro level is san antonio texas tuscan Arizona and Tampa, Florida, and they will be the hottest markets in 21. Now, I'm in Florida, and I can tell you, if you try to get a rental here, it's impossible. It's almost like the Hamptons. I'm looking at the Hamptons' prices for rentals for next summer. Well, first of all, if you want to do it, you better do it now. They're running out, and the prices are crazy. Greenwich is off the wall. I mean, it's really, really crazy. Um, So, as I said, 2021 will be. The most robust housing market in 15 years. Now, just so you kind of get a glimpse, in, and nothing's a science, but we're expecting that home sales are going to rise about seven to 10 percent. Now, in some places they'll probably higher than that; some places a little lower. But about seven to 10 percent in 21. and they're probably going to have a growth rate of five percent more than 2020. 2021, well, I'm get the in for the break. We'll see more home sales than ever.
5: I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little
0: softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can
4: it really help me fall asleep faster?
0: Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our weekend special. Save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Queen, now 17 Plus free premium delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com.
2: Want to know how to improve the quality of your life simply through good nutrition? Tune into the Balance of Nature radio show every Sunday afternoon at 4 and hear success stories from actual people as well as information from experts and doctors alike. Everyday people all over the world are realizing the power and benefits of good nutrition, but few are accomplishing it. Join Balance of Nature founder Dr. Douglas Howard Sunday afternoons at 4 on AM 970, The Answer.
1: Seton Hall seeks revenge today against the Villanova Wildcats here on AM 970. This is Dave Popkin. Join me along with Gary Cohen for all the action. 325 for the pregame show and Kevin Willard. 330 for the opening tip. It's Seton Hall and Villanova. Nuff said. Only here on AM 970. The answer.
2: Want to listen to AM 970 The Answer on the go? There's an app for that. Download our free smartphone app so you can listen to all your favorite shows, keep up with us on social media, enter contests, win prizes, and even interact with our hosts, all in one place. Just search AM 970 The Answer in the iPhone app store or the Google Play store for the Android. Again, search AM 970 The Answer and download our smartphone app today. That way, you can take us wherever you go.
0: Listen to AM970, The Answer, and Alexa, in iHeart, or Radio.com.
1: Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help.
2: it's i on real estate got a question call 866-970-9622 here's douglas elements ceo Dottie herman
3: we're back and thank you for listening to i on real estate i'm here with my co-hosts ace Wazupar, who's a financial expert and steven ebert who's our legal legal. uh myself daddy herman who's uh, i think an expert in real estate but in any sense we've got a couple of calls so i'm going to take them first because they've been waiting let me speak to neo from brooklyn neo good morning and thanks for coming yes, on m- in real estate
7: good morning daddy love the show
3: i can't hear you thank you so I, give us what's on
7: okay good morning i love the show
3: can you we... thank you
7: thank you so what's on your mind Diego? okay so so uh i haven't worked uh, i mean uh, i've been self-employed for 40 years and i had gotten sick and um i just sold a piece of property three months ago and i did a 1031 exchange so now money's cheap and i want to buy another piece of property but i show no income because i haven't worked Smart. in two years is that a problem is that a problem?
3: Ace, take
4: it. Yeah, thanks, Dodi And Neo. thanks for calling in. We appreciate you always listening to our show. Um, so there are a couple of options for you. Um, one is if you're not working, then the banks do have an asset dissipation program, which means that they'll take a look at what you have in the bank, right? Um, you have to put a little bit more down payment, but they can extract what you have in the bank and use it as income. So I'm not too sure how much you have in the bank, but we could talk offline and we may be able to do an alternative um, streamline of income and, and and we'll utilize your assets in the bank. That's, that's one route. The second route, which I was going to say you could take as well as if you go to a non-traditional bank, what they'll do for self-employed borrowers is that they'll do a stated income program, but because you're not working right now, that may be a challenge. So I would say, we can go with an asset-based income program, um, and we can talk offline about it, Neo. I'll, you know, just leave your number with the uh, with the station, and I'll call you first thing Monday morning.
7: I also have another piece of
4: property. That's okay. fine, but I also I have another piece of property Neo, that I'm selling.
5: Four. Four. Yeah, go ahead. I make one very important point. You mentioned that you were doing a ten thirty one. On the transaction, it's already been done. I want to make sure you're, you're aware of the time. It's already been done. Okay, great. I just wanted to make sure the time deadlines. On. You,
7: you I also have that. another
3: 1031 okay, so coming continue. up next year. Great. Great. You're really on it. Okay. So listen, Neo thank you for calling us and please leave your information ace will get back to you and see if he can get your help because i really think it's a real smart you're smart you sound like a very sophisticated real estate person and um you know as we all know and i've been saying it's a great time to buy so if you can uh get alternative financing through uh, citizens and ace that would be great so just leave us your number and thank you for calling and have a great weekend and stay safe uh, Thank you, Daddy. Now I have Harry. Thank you.
7: Harry, um, on the line. Harry.
3: Hello, you? Daddy. Hello, hello, Harry. I like your hello. How are you basically. doing, Daddy? You have a lot of energy.
7: I'm it's always good, good to hear I your, your voice, my dear. I'm glad that you're basking in the sun okay. of the sunshine state. Daddy, the I'm bottom not line in is this. I have some questions for you and the legal eagle. uh, He wasn't in last week. The bottom line is is they're looking to terminate my tenancy. They did not offer us to renew the lease April of 2020. I moved in in April 2018. I signed the lease, and I renewed in 2019. Now, this is subsidized housing. 13 American veterans have died in the building, God rest their souls, in past recent months. And the point I'm making is some people in the building are COVID-19, coronavirus positive because of HIPAA. They can't say who. So the bottom line is is that they did not offer us 2000, uh, April 2020 renew, nor does, I don't know if they're going to offer us in April, which is in like two months. Now, can they evict? You know can what? they rather, can they occupancy, residency, tenancy, can they terminate it? Outside of the court because of the uh, condition of the apartment. And I need to know when the housing court will be reopened and how long you think I have because uh, they shut down the TV room 15 months ago. They shut down the computer room and the New York City library to close. All right, we got it. I I was going out every day. We got
3: it, Harry. We got it, Harry. Stephen's going to give you a quick answer because, you know, yeah,
5: obviously you a, have to see the least. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack over there, a lot that's very specific to your situation, and it would not be appropriate to answer everything because without really having somebody looking in depth, um, they, no one can give you the correct answer.
4: Yeah. Let me
5: just make some general points about what's going on. Um, right now, effectively, in New York... Um, You can effectively, yeah, there's a couple of different dates that are floating out there. I'm going to give you sort of the streamlined version. If you're saying you're impacted due to COVID, no action really is going to happen until May at the moment. And I want to be very clear. We have over this past year, more or less with COVID, have talked about different timelines about the landlord tenant courts every time we've discussed it um because the situation is fluid and dynamic the governor has issued various executive orders and pushed out the time period and with the courts have reopened so right now it's until may it very well may take it may get pushed out again um because we don't know but right now that's the way to think about it um it is very difficult to work with the system right now because of that And, um, but that, but the nice thing about it, that's two directional, that it goes for both the tenants and for the landlords. If there are some emergency services and a TV room, I would argue, while important may not be an emergency, I think, um, if you have real emergency issues, heat, water, things, electric, things like that, there are mechanisms based on the jurisdiction to contact locally. If you're in New York City, dial 311, other areas of the state, there are ways to report that and have action taken. So you have key services for living.
3: Thank you, Harry. And maybe you'll get us your lease because that's the only way we could really answer your question. And have a good day. And thank you for being such a fan of Ion Real Estate. We love you. And I have Jim. Jim, on the line? I am. Jim, are Hello? you still
8: on the line? What's
3: I'm on Hi, the line,
8: Jim. yes. Thank All you
3: right. for calling Ion Real Estate.
8: Yeah, I just Hi. wanted so to say. So how can we uh, help you today? Yeah, you, I just make a comment. Uh, your guest was saying, "Gee, there's no land available." You know, we have we are what three islands and a peninsula, so we we're surrounded by water. But the last that did create when they land when they Battery Park City, I figured that's it. we've got all the land they're ever going to get. And what did they do? They built a platform over the Hudson Yards, the Long Island Railroad uh, uh, storage yards. Billions of dollars, I understand, but that's how desperate the builders are to get a piece of property to build on. It's just a minor comment, and uh, I heard that uh, sometime, probably in a long distance future, they'll be building a platform, platforms, I guess, over the Sunnyside George, which is a vast complex. So um, after that, I don't know what they're going to figure out, but who knows? Uh, Uh, These guys are pretty well. You know,
3: it's what they did with raising building heights. I mean, I was fortunate. I had a view, and then all of a sudden, you know, they, 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 midtown, they changed the the building heights. They made them higher. So of course, you know, I paid for something that, uh, after a while, was useless because I have no view anymore. I think they're going to try everything. I agree with you um, that the city will try to do anything they can to expand it. And so even though we're in a pandemic, and I said, as I said, the city's, you know, kind of off as far as prices, uh, they were, as I told everyone before, pre-pandemic, we were at our peak. We were at the highest point that we could be. And um, the prices really had gotten to, they weren't going to go any further. They were kind of slowing. And so this probably also it was a good kind of reset for prices, in my opinion. Okay, it was like reset the prices in the city. And by resetting the prices, even though it was done because of the pandemic, because before the pandemic, people didn't want to hear, you should lower your price. I think it, 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 it affords an opportunity for younger people and people who were once locked out of the city because of price to actually now get into the city. Um, and I also think, as I said before in the beginning of the show, it allows people who now space is so valuable because people are working at home more uh, to actually trade up and trade up at a good price. So I think there's a lot of good things happening in the city. And I know it does with Sullivan. We are very, very busy, you know, um, with contracts. So, you know, the momentum is good. Uh, we're seeing a little sluggish on the very high end. But other than that, it's pretty good. So thank you. And it's true. And if you find out where they're building, let us know. But I know you've been doing that thing over Hudson Yards. And I think they're going to continually try because New York City is just a little island. So, But thank you for your insight. And thanks for calling Iron Real Estate. And you have a wonderful weekend.
5: You know, and Daddy, I guess gets to give a little background for starting Cole and some of the points he made, which are all uh, correct and good ones. You know, the, the existence of Battery Park, I would say, is the, the exception that proves the rule. It was, they, they made a very good plan when they created the World Trade Center back in the day, the original World Trade right. Center, the true Twin Towers for nine eleven. They had to excavate a tremendous amount. And instead of just dumping the dirt, that is what they used to create Battery Park. So well, he's absolutely right. Stephen, yep.
3: for those people who don't know, You know, not everyone knows about Battery Park. A lot of our listeners are not from New York City. Sure. Would you tell them how Battery Park involved and where it is and a little
5: about the history? So sure. So this goes back decades now, close to like 40 years. And the idea behind Battery Park, and it's amazing you can see the era of development, was the idea to create almost a concept of a suburban community within an urban area. That was the idea behind it you have buildings with a lot of open space very family oriented design and what happened was when they created the world trade center the twin towers um, they had to excavate so deeply to make sure that it had the right kind of foundational strength to hold up the building and as part of that there was a tremendous amount of rock and soil created and instead of just dumping that they basically bumped out the island of manhattan a little bit and created its own administrative area, Battery Park City, which is governed by the Battery Park City Authority, which is sort of a government corporation.
4: Hey, it's
9: Joe Piscopo. My friends over at Route 22 Toyota want me to remind you that if you're tired of dealing with dummies, get over to the -the state-of-the-art service facility in Hillside, New Jersey, please. Alex Kinsella has the entire team staying safe, wearing masks, socially distancing, fogging vehicles with every single service to make sure they're disinfected. At Route 22 Toyota, they always get it right. They're doing their part to stay safe. Plus, right now, Route 22 Toyota is offering qualified buyers more reasons than ever to get into a new Toyota. Like 0% APR financing up to five years and zero down leases on some of your favorite Toyota models. Call 855-621-9949 for details and make sure to tell them Joe sent you. 855-621-9949 to schedule a test drive and Route 22 Toyota will get you driving a new Toyota with 0% interest or zero down leases. Now that is the smart way to buy. Route 22 Toyota, Route 22 West in Hillside, New Jersey or at Route 22 Toyota.
0: In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8 a.m., You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the news makers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the CATS Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the CATS Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8 on AM 970. The Answer. Take AM 970 The Answer anywhere you go with our mobile app. Get in on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Radio.com.
6: I'm Valerie Smaldone. I have a show that gives you a break from politics because it's something completely different. It's Bagels and Broadway, and there's Sundays at 2. This week,
3: Broadway star Nakenji talks about her upcoming virtual show, Black Butterfly, and a marketing company owner shares his mission to brand the Bronx. Also, a meal delivery service with a twist, where you become a restaurant sous chef. And media personality Rick Summers joins me. Bagels and Broadway, Sunday at 2.
2: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Element's CEO, Dottie Herman. Um, I'm the CEO of Douglas Element,
5: and I have my co
3: hosts. Ace Blasuparp, who is the Senior VP for Citizens Bank, and Stephen Ebert, who is our legal legal attorney and really a legal eagle and knows everything. He specializes in real estate. Now, we were in the middle of prior to the commercial break. Uh, Stephen, you were in the middle of talking about...
5: Yeah, about Battery yeah. Park City. Battery and- Park. And, you know, the whole concept was, and it was interesting, when he, when he talked about if you go back 40 years or so, and cities were figuring out how they interact with suburbs, New York City did a little bit of an experiment. And that, the concept of Battery Park, while well, even though it's multifamily, it was meant to have a feel of single family, like a suburban community within the city. And it became its own little enclave. Um, and that's been the trend and what's interesting when the prior caller called in talking about platforms and different kinds of building we're seeing other trends emerge right we're thinking of considerations more into whole vertical living which i'll explain that in a second and also environmental issues connectivity issues We're we're at the cusp of rolling out 5g across the country and then how does that affect it interact with construction right how do you design a building um, when you're integrating these new property technologies into it, when it comes to security or access, maybe there's a way where we can think about if you're getting something delivered by Amazon to your apartment, is there a more efficient way? These are some of the thoughts now in construction. Well, you know, 40, 50 years ago, get more of that suburban feel. These are the new thoughts. The idea in a building, do we maybe have living, working, Maybe hotel, maybe entertainment, all in one vertical structure. Even maybe even some ar- agriculture built in. So these are some of the really like the new age thoughts. And this is where I would say, you know, N- New York City is very well posed for this. You know, he mentioned one of the the Hudson Yards and Sunnyside Yards. These are big train depots for regional transportation. You can build a building on top, have immediate access below to transportation, and really make that an all-in-one experience, and that's really, I think, some of the trends that we're seeing going forward and thinking about in construction.
3: Right. Now, speaking of trends, just so you kind of know, obviously the suburbs that surround New York City are all still booming. I mean, the Hamptons, uh, I can't even even say the Hamptons is off the wall. Um, As far as you know, so, so, you know, the suburbs are really doing well and I'll talk a little about the this later, but as far as now the city though, what's interesting is obviously we hope this vaccine rollout gets together because it has been really problematic in the sense that I, I know personally to try to make an appointment was a, uh, forget about it, very difficult. And we're hoping that they can expedite this. And I think they're going to have enough vaccines. And then one day I hear they don't have enough vaccines. And then I hear they have enough vaccines, but they don't have enough people to inject the shots. So we're hoping that they get it all straightened out. Um, But, okay, the vaccine, whether it it gets all rolled out in in the summer or September, uh, it's underway. And that's the good news. And so now people are saying, hey, should I permanently stay in the suburbs? And those who bought homes already, and some people have made that decision to do that already. Um, but there are some people that are saying, you know what? There's an opportunity in the, su- in the city. And you know what, I'm anxious to get back. And I, I really do want to get back. And so they're investing in units and large apartment buildings. And there is a demand for luxury single families. Um, new york there was a resurgence of interest in properties in brooklyn okay and the outer boroughs perceived and you know that was perceived as a safer place to live with the pandemic but now that the pandemic is kind of hopefully you know people are still nervous but it's going to you know have some kind of diminishing it's going to diminish okay now townhouses i think i've mentioned to you which are only two or three percent of our market townhouses which kind of were slower to move uh townhouses now are, are in demand because they're single family homes basically and uh they have usually they have gardens and they have private outdoor space which is of course at a premium and in in new york in addition to townhouse apartments and boutique boutique buildings are very desirable to buyers okay boutique buildings that are not you know high like have you know high high you know that are smaller uh so things really changed because before the pandemic if you lived on the 100 the 100th floor the higher up you went the the, and the taller the building was, the more it went for. And now people are kind of looking for smaller boutique buildings. And at the high end, they want elevators that open up directly into their apartments. Now, that was a luxury that, you know, when I saw these penthouse apartments and these very expensive apartments, they had an elevator that went right into their apartment. I'm curious, you know, Stephen and, and Ace, I'm, I'm curious. If builders, and even though it'll raise the price up, will start making elevators more available in apartments that are not cheap, but not you know, but less expensive, like let's say $2 million or $3 million, because it might be a feature that's worth doing. Okay, and I think you might see some of them. And some other features that are attractive to buyers uh, who are not deterred will come back to the city by the pandemic, they, but And are committed to come back to the city. And they're making multiple offers. And so they want, um, they're not looking for the same amenities. Now, if you go back to the pre-pandemic, if you had buildings, you know, you had a gym. And first of all, nobody would go to it. Have, they, they didn't want a building without a gym. The pools, work centers, fitnesses. Now buyers are really looking for boutique places, you know. And with their own digital spaces, that they can incorporate some of the things that were community—you know, like community pool, community uh, space where you could go and, and and just hang out and do work. Now they're they're looking at it if in their own property, in their own apartment. And so, so I don't know how develop. You know, I don't know how much new development will be be big on shared spaces anymore. Do you have any thoughts on that, Stephen or Ace? I mean, there's no way of knowing, but it, it looks like for now, and I don't know if this trend will continue after the pandemic, but now it looks like people are looking for smaller buildings. They don't need of all of these amenities that are for the entire use of the building.
5: Yeah, I mean, Dottie, I, I think we should be very careful and I think you, you'd close with that what the trend will be afterwards, right? Yeah. Remember, you're, you're buying, when you buy real estate, you're buying medium to long-term. You shouldn't make a decision on a one-year trend. Um, and so, you know, there, are, there always is a mix of preferences that are out there. But I do want to point out, it's not a matter if, it's a matter of when, when we beat this COVID-19. The question is, how many months? And, and that's, I think, an important point. And if you're buying a property they are going to be in for years, don't make a decision that will be a factor for six months, maybe 12 months, let's say, God forbid that long, And, and when you're buying a place for years. That's my first point. And then the next point is, remember, each building comes with its advantages and disadvantages. When you get involved in a boutique building, you might have, and I've said this to many clients over the years, you could have big building costs in a small building. Right If you have a roof that needs to be redone, a boiler that needs to be redone, and you only have 25 apartments to pay for it versus 200, well, you're talking about paying eight times that amount proportionately. So keep in mind, you want to be very, very careful because that can what I've noticed is some of these boutique buildings have higher per unit operating costs because you have fewer units to cover the costs of these fixed items that you have building to building.
3: Okay, I wanna say something, I wanna add something though. Um, so let me just, in, 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 in sharing what we think people are gonna be looking at, and I said they might not be looking at uh, as they did, uh, where, where builders and developers focused on shared gyms and shared office spaces, uh, and now they're not so attractive. And now the real focus is around privacy, staying separate from other households, anything that offers opportunity as well as outdoor space, which was always on a premium, but it's even more at a premium now. And in Los Angeles and LA, developers are shifting gears and moving amenities to outdoors uh, so that residents can still enjoy building perks in a safer way. Obviously we can't do that. in New York, it's too cold. But I know in Florida, I went to Soul Cycle the other day because it was outdoors. Um, but, I was on this conference, as I said, an international conference, and we spoke about that. And this woman, this girl who is probably in her 30s, said, listen, I'm a millennial. And I, uh, we might be a little nervous with the pandemic, but once the pandemic's over, we want to connect all the time. We are going to go back to really, you know, smart cities and, and going back to where we share space." Because millennials want to connect. They want people, you know, I'm a baby boomer. I didn't want anyone to know where I was and neither did anybody else. But millennials do. They want everyone to know where they are, what what where their friends are. They want to know every second of the day, they want people to know about them and what they're doing, which is opposite of us. Do you think that will affect trends? There's a lot of kind of what ifs. We don't really know 100%, but... Keep that in the back of your mind that even though right now everything is gearing towards being by yourself and individual, will that stay after the pandemic?
4: This is why I love this topic, Dottie, right? You and Steven um, brought up really good points in terms of, you know, what should developers think about? What's the trend? And, you know, that word trend is so key because you're right, Dottie. And, And I think Steven was alluding to this you know, we shouldn't make decisions based off of a one-year trend, right? Millennials will still love to connect. And that's the reason why I was about to chime in, that amenities will continue to be valuable, right? There's something to be said about staying in a building and have everything there um, in your fingertips. That's that's value right there. And look, some people are going to want that more boutique feel. But as we kind of come out of the pandemic, I think millennials want to be connected more than ever. I think with technology today, people want to share information. And there's no better place than New York City to really be in an, on an island with, you know, professionals from all around the world, right? And I think there's something to be said about these big buildings. And, you know, just going back to Battery Park City to, and you feel like you're in the suburbs, but you're in the city and the amount of amenities that are there in terms of Brookfield Place, you know, Visionaire, the building that I bought in. It has a gym, a pool, a sauna, a steam room. You know, people love that, right? And and there's there's some something to be said about those amenities. And and you just can't find those amenities anywhere else in the country. You know, I've I've been to Nashville, I've been to Albany, upstate New York, and development buildings are being built, but they don't have the same amenities that you see in New York, where you have like a forty thousand square feet space of gym and and restaurants in downstairs. You know, it's it's just no. something that's very unique and different about about You know, I, before you know, the so.
3: pandemic, when I would not be in the Hampshire, but it was nice weather, I would go downtown to Battery Park. And, like, it was wonderful. And there were families of yeah. people were roller skating.
2: Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.